You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome to... The second edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Daigle. I am joined by Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. You can find Patrick Sheldon. You can read him on DeWindy City or find him at P underscore Shells. Logan Bradley, you can find him at Bear Down Bradley. Brendan Chagru, you can read him on Bears Wire or find him at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. And Jack Wright, you can find him at Bear Down Jack. And apparently you can hear him on the Irish Bears show for 84 hours consecutively uh, as the draft is going on. Jack, do you have a voice left after all that? I do. I'm Irish. I think you guys know that. And those guys are, they're super fun. It was just fun to sit there and hash out all the picks as they were coming through. In some cases, learn about the guys. We, you know, we laughed, we cried. It was better than cats. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was the perfect response. To that. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. What do you say? All right. Well, okay. So let's just like round table. Like all of us have been to something, been invited to something over the past week and we've got stuff upcoming. Uh, I, this morning, as we're recording, we record Sunday nights. Um, as we're recording this, I was on with the roar of the lions guys at five fifteen this morning. I'm an early riser. So Ooh. it just, it is what it is. Um, and I got a chance to talk with those guys. They're so good. They are so good and they're such nice guys. Um, I just wish that they cheered for a team other than the Lions because it's the Lions. Uh, Shells, you, you obviously, you got to sit down with um, Adam Rank and then you got something coming up this week too, yes? Yeah, uh, Tuesday uh, with the Chicago Clubhouse podcast. So i uh, really looking forward to jumping on with those guys and talking shop. Don't know exactly what topics you're going to be covering, but um, I can't wait. I mean, uh, anybody out there, if you're listening, I mean, I think we all love to talk bears. So always anxious and eager to jump on a podcast and talk shop with y'all. Brendan, right before the second round started, you and Adam rank got to hop on together to kind of rehash or recap rather the, the, the first round. It was really good. It was a really good pod. Um, and you got something else coming up this week as well. Don't you? Yeah, I do. So on Wednesday evening, uh, I'm going to be on with my guy, Kyle George. He's at Furious George on Twitter uh, for the full press bear show. So I'm sure we're going to be talking draft and I know there's an open invite to everybody on the podcast. So I'm not sure if I'm going alone. I'm not sure if one of you guys is coming on, but yeah, so that, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I talked with Kyle last year and uh, he's a great dude. And then, yeah, Adam and I uh, chopped it up a little bit and I think he said it best when we were kind of previewing the second round. He's like, come listen to this. And then, uh, you know, come back and laugh at us after uh, we completely get everything wrong. I mean, we did mention Kyler Gordon's name, but I just said, I have no idea who the hell the bears are picking. So I can't even try to guess. I'm, I'm so excited about our guest, Jacob Infante coming on here in just a little bit, but at the same time, like 
I can't wait to argue because we're we're all gonna fight. Like this, this may be the episode where like the gloves come off and we start saying mean things about each other, like in, in appearances and oh, no. intelligence <laughs> levels. Um, you know, we'll we'll come away with it, good friends. But yeah, Shells is already laughing because he and I, I think we 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 live in different universes right now, and I can't wait, dude. It's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna have a blast, Shells. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. As long as you don't bring up sweet potato pie, I think we'll <laughs> leave this thing friends. We'll always have golden Oreos, baby. We'll always have golden <laughs> that's, Oreos. That's the saving grace. You guys really got to, you know, just remember that and just don't let it get too personal. I just I, it, it's it's perfect, though, because I don't know what it looks like on everybody else's screen, but I'm in the middle here and Dangle's on my left and Shells is on my right. So I kind of want to hit like a bell icon and just, you know, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Before Jacob gets here, I tried and because there's 80 billion flavors now of Oreos, toffee um just leave oreos as they are come on okay doing that i'm 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 that guy it it's incredible it was i loved every single second of it you know there's certain things that like should never go together like mint and chocolate like those two things are atrocious what you're just what i said you're just dangle let's get to the podcast that's ridiculous that's ridiculous already followers i'm ready call yourself a host you know what i knew that this was going to be this kind of pod so i might as well just start throwing it i got unpopular opinions for days boys we've talked about mashed potatoes right like how i i'm the only irishman on the planet that hates mashed potatoes I'm sure we did. Potatoes hate I'm... you. <laughs> now I'm so, mad again. Yeah. It's going to be like avocado Oreos, and you're going to be so down with it, and I'm going to be over in the corner oh. puking in my mouth. That's very 2022. I do love yeah. avocados. Me too, but... Uh, I try it. Oh, my goodness. You I try it. Be... I'm not saying I'd like it. I try it. Okay. Fair, fair. All right, guys. Well, obviously, you know, we can talk about bad food opinions all day, and I'm sure we will later, but... You know, we're really going to be recapping a lot of the new Chicago Bears, the newest draftees, the newest undrafted free agents as well. There's going to be a lot of people coming into Hallis Hall and hopefully quite a few stay. And if they do, they're going to need the best realtor on the planet, not just in Chicago, not just in Illinois, but the planet. Ryan, who might that be? I I want Jeff Cadwallader to come on this podcast at some point, just because like, He's just, he is a truly amazing guy. And when I say that people are like, all right, Dangle, stop reading off the script. No, like anyone that's ever met Jeff Cadwalder, they, every single time they're like, oh my God, I love this guy. He is truly amazing. And he's making it happen for his buyers. He's using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or give him a call or a text 630-254-4734. Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. He is an incredible guy and he will get you that home that you're looking for, or he's going to help you sell your home for what you're looking for. I know he's the guy. Give him a call, give him a text, or visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn how Jeff can help you out. I know you guys can't see us, but uh, Logan Bradley's got a very finely trimmed beard going right now. And you all know I had a I had a pretty extensive beard back during the pandemic, but it got a little scraggly and out of control. Uh, Logan or anybody else, you know where I can get my beard trimmed if I do decide to grow it out again? I've got a pl- I've got a place. I have you a do. place for you. Absolutely. You're going to go to Sheridan's Barbershop without a doubt. When you come and visit us, we're going to take you there. People have gifts. Will has a gift for cutting hair and for chatting. He, he's just easy to talk to, super good guy. You're going to love him, Shells. You will absolutely love him. You guys are going to hit it off right away. 
Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. You heard me, folks. 68 years. Six barbers there, open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can ring them up at 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today to get a fresh cut. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, gentlemen, we're going to we're going to shake things up. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go reverse order. We're actually before we get into heavy bears conversation, I think we all need to laugh a little bit. So shells and I don't kill each other. Um, And so it is that, you know, we're going to get to Jack's questions. But before we do that, for any of you that did listen to our previous podcast, the Bear Down Report podcast, we had a fantasy football coaches draft. And I hate to say this, but Patrick Sheldon won it. And his prize is he gets the takeover. So for our next episode, we don't know anything that's going to happen. We don't know anything that's planned. It is completely in Sheldon's corner, territory, whatever, however you want to say that. I'm a little nervous. Shells, are, are you ready for that? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you thought this this show had ever gone off the rails before, just wait until next week, guys. It's going to get uh, it's going to get dicey, I think. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Will, will there be anything bears related in that podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There'll be some bear stuff there. There may or may not be pants. Look, I've already talked about this <laughs> last week. Um, we've got new rules for our, for our new, very new pod. Uh, so um, I don't know. Let's just kind of play by ear. Let's see if you guys want to wear pants. That's cool. If not, that's also cool. Um, our listeners also optional, but we'll, we'll have a good time with it. It'll be fun. Could, could we like poll to see how many people are wearing pants while they listen to the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. And okay, I that joke, number better be low. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I think I told you guys I was in a band in, and especially in college, we played out a lot and we recorded some music and my college roommate used to listen to our stuff in the shower. It, it, hmm. it, it made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Am I in the right there? Or is that like, just like, Hey, like people listen to music in the shower, like just get over it. The acoustics are terrible. Well, yeah. Were they ballads? Was it hard hitting stuff? I feel like this is a key question. Uh, there, there were, there were both. There were, there were mm. moments of, of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, single emotion and, uh, right. you know, like a kind of a one-on-one love song. So. Mm. Hey, who hasn't been weird. vulnerable in the shower here and there, you know? It's true. Okay. Sorry for saying that. Sorry for saying that. Let's. let's We've all been going. to prison, right? <laughs> no. Anyway. Okay. So and with that, it's Jack, it's time for your question. We're shaking it up. We're we're changing things up. So, Jack, what is your question for this week? All right, I'm gonna shake it up too, and I'm wearing shorts for what it's worth, uh, and not pants. I don't know if that will qualify next week. You can tell me what the rules are, shells. So here's the deal. I'm gonna ask you a question, and you can't answer it right away. You can think about it, or if you really need to, I can ask you an alternate question, but I would really love it because I have a catered question for each of you. So if you need to think about it, that's fine because I am putting you on the spot a little bit. Sometimes I will pre-slug the questions for you. So do I have a volunteer to go first? Would someone like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I was pretty pleased that you said you would go first because I had a question with you in mind for sure. I'm terrified right now, Jack. Shells, if you found an abandoned car with $50,000 in the back seat, what would you do? 
you can answer, think, or have an alternate question. Uh, if I found $50,000 in the backseat of a car, abandoned car, car, right? Yes. Yep. Any other facts I need to know? No, that's it. That's, that's it. Okay. Um, well, uh, we would probably have one hell of a bear down Chicago podcast party because uh, nobody would be seeing that money again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would check and make sure like, there wasn't some, it wasn't like cartel money. I mean, I've watched Ozark, so I feel like I'm somewhat qualified to evade uh, the cartel, but um, you know, yeah, I think, I think I would take it and I would fly out to wherever you guys are and we would have one heck of a party. Who would you not cross? Wendy or Marty? Who do you think would be more? Wendy. Was, yeah. Oh right. my no, God. Wendy. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, please. No spoilers. Absolutely not. But we all know she's a bad B. Yeah. Yeah. She's no, you don't. <laughs> you don't, well, you don't mess around with Wendy. Well, speaking of, of, of a big bear down Chicago podcast party, Logan's coming into town from Los yeah. Angeles. And so Jack, Wright, Brennan, Logan, and myself are going to get together. And then we're going to have shells uh, on, on a video chat, basically the entire time. I think I like, I want to try to see if I can get him like a stand, you know, for yes. my phone and just yes. like put him like in one of the seats. At whatever <laughs> like, a, like a fat head. <laughs> like a fat head. Yeah. <laughs> shells, how's your drink? Ours you wouldn't even need to scale right? the picture. I've already got the fat head. So you wouldn't even need to adjust the scale of the picture. Great. You have a beautiful head. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That was teed up for everybody. And <laughs> nobody. What's the next question? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Family-ish. Family-ish. I'm coming to you next, Logan. Uh, Logan. All right. Here. Uh, we're going back in time, my friend. So, okay. you know, you can go grade school, middle school, high school. So it's recess. It's PE. All right, Logan. So what's your pick going to be? You're going to go with flag football. You're going to play some dodgeball, floor hockey, kickball. Is it going to be just straight up race your friends, four square, freeze tag? What do you got? Um, I'm going with basketball. And this is because every day in middle school, me and like probably eight other friends would go out for those 20 minutes you had recess, which felt like seven hours. And you'd, you'd go and you'd play and you play on the rims that are just metal where you already suck at basketball because you're like 11 years old, but the metal hoops where you just can't hit any shots on them. Um, but I'm playing basketball because I remember one time while playing at recess in middle school, we, I was very competitive, always have been still am, but I remember one of my friends, he hard foul on me. I was a small kid. So I kind of got, I would get beat up a little bit, not literally, but like, you know, physical game out there, basketball. And uh, I said, I remember my friends still talk about it. I said, this isn't the effing NBA. And I screamed it at him because I was pissed about him doing that. So if I could go to recess again, it's 100% basketball. I want to hit the hardwood and I want to, you know, you know, back some people down because I'm really tall. So you guys were racing out there with the ball because you you knew that's what you were doing. Do you have your teams already set up and you just played like how did it work out? I, I yes, I think we would every week we would do like a series with specific teams. It was very competitive. I love that stuff. I know I know you uh, participated in collegiate uh, athletics. I have better memory memories about intramurals, PE, and recess. Hundred percent sometimes it's, than actual it, playing. It's the it's pure love of the game. That's the only reason you're, you just love sports. You just want to compete and nothing else matters. Just beat everybody. Are you ready, Brendan? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Again, you can you can think if you need time to think. You can answer it right away or you can uh, get another question. Uh, what is the best prank you've ever pulled off? Explain. Best prank I've ever pulled off. So I guess... Um, 
We, uh, back when I was in youth group, when we were in high school, uh, my youth minister and I had a prank off for years and I'm not going to lie. He, there was one year he, he got me bad and it, it, it essentially boiled down to, he hid my passport when we were in Mexico for a week and he tried to convince me that it was lost and I didn't fall for it the whole time until the night of where he was like, he pulled me aside and he's like, Brendan, I'm telling you, we don't have your passport. We're going to have to smoke you back into the country. <laughs> and finally, at that moment, I was like, oh, my God, this might actually be real. And like, you know, he eventually got me. It was like the long play. So the next year I really had to get him back. Really, it was just a series of small pranks. But I think the favorite one that we had were, was uh, we froze his flip flops in ice and we had this like thing early in the morning that we had to get ready for. And he was legitimately pissed off that he, his flip flops were actually in ice. And I just remember saying, I was like, you know what? Shouldn't have tried to convince me that I was going to be stranded in Mexico, man. Like he was a great guy. He's like, honestly, just one of the best humans I've ever met, but he always wanted to prank me. Oh, and a honorable mention, this was something I can't really like totally take credit for because we were um, with a police officer on the trip and uh we got the buses that uh so we landed back at o'hare i think from our yeah it was the same mission trip and uh on the highway back we had the buses pulled over by the police and he was like scared to hell and uh, you know we put we called it in we uh, that was a prank. a prank on him that was a prank oh that's the, the cop yeah the cop basically said no let's get him and he was terrified because i mean you just never know when you're driving like you know buses and vans with like high school kids like it honestly it's could go either way so it uh it was it was good though so we we had some good prank battles back in the day it takes a certain level of like callousness right to just look at somebody as they're just hanging in the wind suffering i mean you got to be pretty good friends to pull that kind of stuff off that's oh yeah yeah that's that's years of you know built up trust and god it was it was so worth it ryan dangle jack just imagine I'm I'm a little worried just because we've known each other for so long <laughs> that this could go real south real fast. So um, I, I promise you, I will. I you won't be too vulnerable. So you are just imagine you are a an all American college football player getting ready for the draft this past weekend. You can't go to NIU and you can't go to the Bears. What college are you playing for? What position are you playing? What is your dream team? Where are you headed? And what are you wearing? What's your swag look like? What's your fit look like, <laughs> as the kids like to say, on draft night? Well, I, I think I would say this is I, I loved my time at NIU. Um, but obviously, if you're telling me that I can't do that, I think I'm going to play uh, somewhere out on the West Coast. Uh, just because of the specific, specifically like the Pacific Northwest, like maybe Oregon or something like that. Uh, just because I, uh, you know, I just, I fell in love when I went out to visit there and um, you know, I only played football for a tiny little bit um, and I played on the defensive line and uh, I, I did like to try to get after the quarterback. So obviously I don't have the physical stature to, to play in the NFL, but let's pretend that I did in this scenario. So let's say I'm going to be, be playing defensive end, uh, trying to get after the quarterback and what am I going to be wearing? Um, I don't know. Uh, Which team are you going to? Oh, Buffalo Bills. Drafting, yeah. Buffalo Bills. Nice Buffalo team. Bills. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. 
All right. So folks, we're thrilled about this. We've got Jacob Infante with us. This guy does so much work for the draft and Jacob, it's gotta be a little like, not, not a letdown, letdown's not the right word, but just like to go a hundred miles a minute, you know, getting ready for this thing. And now it's finished. Like what, it, like, what's that like for you? Uh, so it's a little bit of an existential crisis. Uh, it's more like, okay, I've been working for hours upon hours upon hours for the entire year on this realistically, like this is something that I do year round breaking down the NFL draft and I'm going to get started in 2023 here within the next couple weeks, but it, it does feel kind of weird because I have this routine where basically all of this, like every day I go through and there's some sort of tape being involved in it. And I mean, I can go back and rewatch guys, but it's different from, I don't have to grade them. I can't change anything. It's all out there already. It's all published. It's all finalized. So it, it, it is a bit weird. It's given me a little bit of time to unwind. Uh, I actually just got back from a weekend trip in Indianapolis. So that was a nice way to unwind, you know, spend some time with some friends, but yeah, it's, it's weird with it all being over because the last couple months have just been draft, draft, draft nonstop. And now that it's over with, there's, there's stuff to analyze, but it's not the same as being able to break down prospects and being able to find new guys. So that's just kind of where I am. It's, it's a weird purgatory kind of phase, but it, it is what it is. That's a, just a part of this whole process. Jacob, I, I hope you understand. I mean this with the absolute utmost respect. You're, you're a really young guy. How did you get into this? And, and to make this, it's like its own beast, man. You have incredible number of followers and people that, that are really like looking to you for, for draft coverage. Like, how did this happen? Uh, I mean, I even I don't know, in all honesty. <laughs> uh, I, I think that a lot of it started when I was uh, just getting started in high school. I want to say 2016 was when I first started writing. I started my own blog and I just like, I had, I'd been on Twitter for a couple of years at that point, And I, I had some followers, like, you know, not as many as I have now, but I had something. And so I started a blog and then people caught on and I started writing elsewhere. And then after that, I, I jumped to uh, windy city gridiron. And since then, honestly, I've just, it's just work more or less and realizing how I'm able to, I don't want to say go viral. Cause I haven't been to that point where like, wow, my tweet is like 50,000 likes. And I don't like saying that because I don't like thinking of myself as someone who goes viral. Uh, I'm just a guy who tweets about football and you know, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just, I found a niche for myself. I think that's the right way to say it. Niche. Okay. I'm getting a bunch of nods. That's encouraging. So yeah, I found that as being a bears draft guy, there wasn't a ton of that. And, you know, admittedly there was really uh, EJ Snyder who also coincidentally enough is at Windy city gridiron. And he moved on to you know, do a lot of national stuff. He's with bootleg football with Brett Coleman. Like he's a very busy guy as well. So he's not as much bears focused as he was now. And I saw that as an opportunity, like, okay, I've loved the draft since I was a little kid. And now I just have this opportunity to do what I love. And I'm, I'm just grateful and blessed that people read it, that people pay attention to me. Cause it feels like just the other day, I was just a kid who liked sports and just kept it to myself. 
And I, I don't want to come off as this, oh, you know, I see myself as an influencer because I really don't. I, I just tweet like I'm a college, I'm a junior in college and I just, I go to classes and eat lunch in dining halls on a day-to-day basis. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to have the platform that I have just to talk about doing what I love. Yeah, Jacob, I was, uh, before we came on, I, I was just saying how, I think it was offline actually just talking to you guys, like how incredible your work is and um, just how basically surprised at how young you were when you started and, you know, how much you've grown. And uh, it's just so funny because, you you know, you and I met last summer at, yeah. after the Bears game. And uh, I was I was with my buddies that like aren't necessarily like on Twitter or anything like that. And uh, Jacob arrives. So I was like, guys, this is the draft. I was like, this is the guy when it comes to draft coverage. Like he knows everything. And Jacob's like, yeah, hey, <laughs> but it's, it's so it, it's so cool to kind of hear how you got your start and everything. And um, just know, like, you know, you you certainly have like so much respect. And I, I think I know you're very humble when it comes to it, but you really have taken off a lot. And it's something you should, definitely should be proud of. Um, but kind of shifting like towards this year, you just got done with draft coverage. We're talking about, uh, 11 bears draft picks when we thought we were getting <laughs> six, it's kind of crazy. And I think for, yeah. for you and even me, you know, draft, like writing up coverage stuff, I was like, man, Ryan Poles, this is fantastic for the bears, but this is awful for us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's quickly run through the list of the draft, uh, the draft class in case people don't know who they are. So yeah. we have Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington, Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker, safety out of Penn State, Valus Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah, Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio, Zachary Thomas out of San Diego State. I'm going to forget some of these schools, by the way. I'm going off memory. Tristan Ebner out of Baylor, Doug Kramer out of Illinois. I don't know how to say his name. Jatiri Carter. Jatir? I think it's Jatir. Jatir Carter. This is where the seventh rounders, I can't remember where they went to school, Elijah Hicks, and then Trenton Gill, 11 draft picks. So uh, it, it's a lot. But Jacob, what are your first impressions of this year's draft class from the Bears? I think that there's definitely a lot to like. There's admittedly stuff to be uh, critical about, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You only drafted one wide receiver. And in the first four rounds, you came away with one offensive player. Both of your round two picks were invested at the defensive position. So that is a little bit of a concern. I think that down the stretch, that might be a little, at least in this year, in this year, it might prove for some issues for Justin Fields, for the offense in general, and for the team to be able to be competitive. But this is a long-term process. If the Bears didn't have a pick or a grade rather that best represented where they were picking on an offensive guy, whether that's a lineman or a receiver or even like a tight end or a running back, uh, then I trust them. They're the ones who do this for a living. You know, they're making the big bucks in that organization. And, uh, but overall though, I think the defense is a lot better, especially in the secondary having a corner to finally be solidified on the outside alongside Jalen Johnson, a safety that they've finally invested in as a long-term guy alongside Eddie Jackson. Cause you know, prior to Adrian Amos, they didn't really have anyone. They just went ha ha Clinton Dix for a year. Tayshawn Gibson for back-to-back one-year deals. They didn't have any significant investment in the safety position. Now they have Brisker, who's a guy who can drop back in coverage and defend the run. He can basically do it all. And 
They added some really good depth along the offensive line uh, for offensive linemen. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And that shows what Ryan Poles, at least in my opinion, what Ryan Poles thought about the offensive line and how they fit the vision for what they want to instill going forward in that offense, in that organization. And to have a whole bunch of Poles guys, a whole bunch of Getzies guys up front, I think that's going to be really huge for establishing a culture. I think the more picks you have, the more chances you have to succeed and the more chances you have to get good young talent. And again, also looking at round six, round seven, a lot of those picks are to be able to solidify guys that you're like, okay, they might go undrafted, but we really like them. So we want to solidify whether we can get them under any means necessary. So that's what you're looking at with those guys. And I think you're looking at Carter. You're looking at Trenton Gill. Uh, you're looking at, uh, in Kramer's case, you're also looking at him as well, or Ebner, what have you. Uh, and you know, even with Elijah Hicks, the safety out of Cal, a lot of those guys, some of them might not have had draftable grades from the consensus, but the Bears liked them. They wanted to be able to secure those guys. So that's my long-winded answer. I like the class as a whole. I think it's m- much more prioritizing long-term over immediate success. Uh, I can complain about the lack of wide receiver investment in round two, but at this point it is what it is. And I feel confident that's something they will fix down the line. I'm sure the bears know that they need more talent there. Just a matter of uh, probably not this year, but I'd suggest next year is probably when we're going to see a huge offensive overhaul. Jacob, can I ask, since you're kind of talking about it, did they miss out on somebody? I mean, we, we, we 11 picks, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be happy, but do you feel like there's a guy that they should have taken that they didn't? I mean, kinda, I, I think that uh, you can make the argument for George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, but at that same time, he's the kind of guy where immaturity questions were coming into value. And I can't speak on that personally because I don't know George Pickens. I haven't sat down and talked with him to see if that's a possibility or talk to his coaches, teammates, whatever. Uh, But from an on-field perspective, I thought he was a very good player. I think the Steelers, if they're able to uh, correct any uh, off the field issues, if there even are any to begin with, then I think they have a potential steal of a pick, you know, at that point in the second round. But other than that, I do think they had pretty good value. I, you could argue Andrew Booth Jr. over Kyler Gordon, and I had Booth higher on my board, but given the Bears had a run-in with injury with Larry Ogunjobi and the physical failed there, Booth's coming off of an injury, coming off of a surgery. They wanted you know, Gordon, who's a you know, much, much safer prospect. You know what you have in him. He's not just coming off of an injury. There's not that risk there. And even then, a lot of people had him as a first-round talent. So I guess Pickens is the closest thing I can say in that regard to someone where you can make the argument that they just, you know, missed out on someone, but even then the concerns, I don't blame them for passing on him. So Jacob, who's the one guy we talked about guys they might've missed on who's maybe the biggest head scratcher that the bears drafted of this class. So this is a bit tough, honestly. And I feel like there are a handful of guys. Like I understand why all of those guys got picked all of the picks for what they're trying to establish makes sense. That said, I still have some reservations about Velas Jones Jr. in round three. I think that the fact he's going to be 25 and I think it's like a week or two 
And so he's older for an NFL rookie. Uh, he's also not the most refined route runner. So I do have a bit of concerns about that. He had good separation from an analytical perspective in college, but even then I think a lot of that was just purely off of speed and not as much on from a technical refinement from his footwork to just his overall route running IQ. But even then you can make the argument, okay, here's the six foot, 200 pound guy. He's really fast, really good with the ball in his hands, creative after the catch, really good returner. So you can make that argument that it's worth it there. And the bears seem to be over the moon with him. So I'm willing to come in with an open mind. He's someone I had around four grade on. So it's not like, Oh, this guy was going to go undrafted. What's going on. You know, it's just in my view, a minor reach, but even in that point, I'm not totally against the pick. Like I can understand the train of thought. And I think that having that go-to gadget guy can be really helpful for this offense. Hey, Jacob, I know it was only one draft, but it was 11 picks uh, yeah. from a macro level. Any trends or, or common characteristics of these draft picks that you looked at and said, I got to kind of have a feel for maybe what type of drafter Ryan Poles is going to be going forward or still too early to tell? I think so much of it comes down to tools. It's such a toolsy draft, so much athleticism, so much speed, so much efforts. I think those are the huge things that really show up. Not only guys who are athletic, who are physically gifted, they're big, they're fast, they're long, what have you. But they're also the type of guys who play super hard every single down. And I don't think you're going to see any issues with motor, any questions about effort with any of these guys. So down the stretch, and I understand that testing isn't everything, but it can be a reflection of how athletic a player is on tape. So I think athleticism above all, if they aren't very athletic, then the odds are much more slim that the Bears are going to target them. You could say, oh, here's this football player. We can't teach you how to be athletic, but here's this really good athlete who's raw. We can teach you how to be a football player. I think that's the mentality the Bears have. Just so many athletic specimens in this draft, I, I guess is the best way to put it. So I'm a fan of that approach, especially in the later rounds. I think they killed it on day three, but I think that's the type of guy that you're going to be looking at for the Bears going forward. Jacob, Poles talked a lot about the value of bringing in a lot of offensive linemen for competition. What would you say to folks that are critical and basically suggesting, well, that's great. We've got a room full of practice squad offensive linemen that doesn't address our offensive line needs. How would you respond to that criticism? I think a lot of it is just one, setting the tone for what they want up front and two, just taking a shot on as many guys as possible and seeing who sticks. Now, the, the odds that all four of those guys develop into NFL starters are practically zero, considering they're all day three picks. And that just doesn't happen at that consistency of a level. So I, I do look at that, though, as there's a pure archetype there. It's, again, athletic guys who play hard, who look to you know pummel defenders into the dirt. And admittedly, the Bears didn't really have a lot of that on their offensive line most of their offensive linemen from last year who's received significant snaps are coming back and are still on the roster. So I think this is an overhaul of what Ryan Pohl's vision is and setting that culture, establishing the mindset and having as many guys as possible with that same kind of archetype. I think that that's huge for them. And 
whether or not any of them even play a, a snap for the bears. I think it's a, a smart enough investment just because you can never have such a thing as too many offensive linemen, I believe. And I think that whether it's as a backup or whether it's as a potential starter, I think that all the guys that they took have the chance to stick around in the NFL in the long run. I having watched all those, all four of those guys that they drafted, I like all of them and uh, there are varying degrees of course, but I think that all of them could stick around in the NFL either as a backup or as a starter. So that, that's just my point of view. Obviously we'll see what happens. I'm not in there you know, for practices week in and week out. But I, I have a good feeling that going such offensive line heavy is going to pay off in the long run. Okay. Just real quick to piggyback off of Jack's question, if I could, of those four offensive linemen, if you had to pick one, which one do you think has the best chance to start week one? So that's, it, it's pretty tough. So Braxton Jones being the earliest pick of the bunch, I'm tempted to say him, but at the same time, I feel like tackle is, fairly set up with Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. And then they're going to try Larry Borum at left tackle. If they want to kick Borum into guard though, I think Braxton Jones from a pure schematic perspective, I think is a better fit at tackle than Larry Borum is. And granted Borum, uh, you know, has an NFL season to his name. He exceeded expectations being a fifth round pick, but you know, just in terms of what the bears want, in an offensive lineman, in an offensive tackle, I think that Braxton Jones is a better fit. So with that said, though, they have a major hole at right guard right now. Dakota Dozier is the guy they currently have starting. So you're looking at Carter, and it comes down to, I think Kramer, he'll play center. He'll factor in in that regard because he played exclusively center at Illinois. So Carter and Thomas will both be in the mix, I believe. So that is a tough question. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to say Zachary Thomas. I think he has the best chance to start right away, just simply because I think they're going to have Borum set at tackle, whether that's going to be a long-term fit for him. I don't know, but I think that's what they're going to go with. And they're just going to have an open competition at right guard. I think Zachary Thomas has a solid chance to win it. I don't think he's a front runner by any means, but I don't think that he's this, Oh, you know, he's just a bottom of the barrel guy. There's no chance he's going to be able to get any playing time. I think that the potential's certainly there. He was really slept on. So Cameron Thomas was a guy the Cardinals drafted in round three. That uh, Zachary is his older brother. And, you know, growing up together, because I talked with Cameron a couple months ago, and he was telling me about how they have this mentality, just, you know, keep going, keep going, keep pushing each other, keep competing. And I think that that's huge, you know, growing up playing with each other, and then now they're both in the NFL. I think that Zachary Thomas is going to keep pushing. And I wouldn't be shocked if he develops into maybe not an elite starter, because obviously that's a massive ask for a round six guy. But if he develops into a serviceable starter in the league, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. I think the tools are there for him to develop down the line. So the general consensus was sort of that this year's top end talent, you want to say like first round talent, wasn't necessarily as deep as what next year is going to be. And if this, you know, last year at this time tells us anything, we might not really know all that much about next year's top talent. And I understand it's very early and you probably haven't done a ton of work on that, but (laughs) considering that the bears do have a first round pick next year, um, just how much better do you think next year's top end talent really is compared to what there was in this draft? 
I certainly think that there's a lot of guys with significant potential in the 2023 class. And I haven't done formal film breakdowns on people other than guys that were eligible for the 2022 draft who stayed back. So that is about like 60 or 70 guys. I I don't know exactly how many, but somewhere in that ballpark, but from what I've been able to see, I think that there's significant talent there. Obviously will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama is coming off of an unbelievable season. So I think that he is going to push for a top 10 pick, if not much higher. I'm saying top 10 because there's a chance he could fall. It's way too early to say definitively, but I think just off of this past season alone, he solidified himself as a first round pick. Then you're looking at Jackson Smith and Ajigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio state. He's someone I've tweeted about. I've watched him at a very casual pace. I like him a lot. Uh, there's another wide receiver out of LSU that I'm a fan of, uh, Kayshawn Bouti, who I think is really good. Jordan Addison out of Pittsburgh, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Those are just a handful of guys. I think all of them could go round one. Tackle, it's a much thinner class, I believe. And I'll, I'll figure out definitively once I dig in in the next couple of weeks and months here. But I think that receivers, huge the handful of defensive talent, a uh, couple corners, I think could go very high. Eli Ricks from Alabama, Keely Ringo from Georgia, but those are, you know, once you have Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson, you're probably not going to need a corner early. So that's you know just my long winded way of saying, I think there is a lot of talent here. I don't know exactly how I feel about each one of these guys yet, but I'm very excited to finding out. And I figure once, uh, you know, showing my age again here, once I'm able to finish my final exams, uh, the first thing I'm doing is I'm digging straight into 2023 tape. I have a few weeks in between. I start my, uh, you know, my summer job and once I get back. So those couple of weeks are just basically exclusively for tape grinding and unwinding. So I can't wait for that. Man, when I'm Jacob, I'm not like that much older than you. I mean, well, I guess I am. <laughs> I'm like nine years older than you. But man, when I graduated college or, you know, got done with college, I was I was not grinding tape, man. <laughs> I was like, just, oh my God, such a lazy bum. So good for you. But so we're going to get you out of here in a couple minutes. Um, and we really appreciate your time, obviously. Um, I'm curious. So the draft has grown into this just insane spectacle, even bigger than it's been in the last, like, you know, 10 to 15 years, I guess. How do you feel about like how just big it's gotten and what are your like biggest unpopular opinions about like the whole draft? Like it can be the process, the coverage, the, you know, the way it's split up. Like I want to hear kind of, we love doing unpopular opinions on this show. So I kind of want to hear what you got. Yeah. So I do like the concept of moving from city to city with the NFL draft. I think it's a great way to explore untapped markets or just, bring the NFL and the concept of the draft to as many people across the nation as possible. I don't think this is an unpopular opinion. So I'll have to think a little bit harder for that, but I'll just say, I think the actual spectacle of the draft event itself has blown up maybe a little bit too much in that they play it up in all these pauses in between picks in delaying these selections and just these in-between things like, you know, sure, you know, you can do that sometimes, but I feel like they go way too long with, you know, in the middle of those selections, the type of, I guess the proceedings that take place. And there are some, you know, that are tasteful, like, 
you know, anything that's related with like, you know, military or make a wish or what have you. I feel like a lot of those are great, but there are some cases where it takes too long and there's just this big filler where, okay, the pick is in. Now we have to wait an extra seven minutes to find out what the pick actually is. So I, I guess that's one that I have unpopular opinion though. I think the combine should stay in Indianapolis. I Love think, that. I think that, you know, admittedly I'm probably biased being a Midwesterner and knowing that, the combine is, you know, just a, a decent drive away from me and I don't have to book a flight if I want to go, but I think that it's, you know, a good facility. It's a you know really good track. It's indoors. And the fact that it's, you know, smack dab in the middle of the country, you're able to get, you know, it's basically like that middle meeting point. It's not like it's super West coast and all the East coast teams have to have a full day flight basically or, you know, not a full day flight, but, you know, just take that entire day just for traveling. Uh, it's right in the middle. And it's, I think that that's pretty fair. It's a good enough uh, facility itself. There have been no issues and at least in my opinion and how it's been run, I don't see a need to change it. So I, my unpopular opinion is have the combine stay in Indy. Don't move it around. That makes sense. Did you go to Chicago when it was here, by the way? Uh, I didn't go to the actual draft itself, but back in like 2016, I went to uh, the draft town or whatever it was. Yeah. I went to that. I saw uh, round two. I saw the bears take Cody Whitehair, and they moved back twice. So uh, yeah, no, I remember that it was a cool opportunity and I didn't get to go to the draft itself, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping if, you know, the NFL comes back to Chicago, which I'm sure eventually it will, uh, then I'm going to make that a priority next time around and try and go. Yeah. Draft town was so awesome. Like I, I did the same thing on that Saturday in 2015. It was a beautiful day. Like we still got to hear the picks and everything, but seeing all of the different activities they had, I don't know if anybody else has been able to go. No, everybody's shaking their head. Okay, man. It's, it, it was really cool. So yeah, draft town was, that was, that was one of the best things I think the NFL did just bringing it out to fans and moving across the country. Jacob, we know that your time is really valuable and you've got a lot going on. You've got a lot on your plate. So we want to say thank you so much for coming on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. For some crazy reason, if one of our listeners is not following you, how do they get after you? How do they follow you? Totally. So you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Infante 24. Uh, you can check me out. My stuff's at Windy City Gridiron, a lot of Bears and NFL draft stuff and articles over at uh, DraftWire. I was able to interview for the first time uh, I've been interviewing, you know, probably like a hundred draft prospects over the last couple of years. This is the first time I've ever interviewed someone who went on to be drafted by the bears. Cause I interviewed Braxton Jones. So I was very grateful for that. Uh, and I was able to get three first rounders this year uh, for interviews. So I was really, really grateful for that. And so there, there's a lot of good content that's, that went out, at least in my opinion, I'm a little biased, but and some more stuff that's going to be coming out in the future. So uh, thank you. Thank you all for uh, listening. And thank you to all you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jacob. Please take care of yourself. All right. Of course. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Two weeks, two podcasts, two awesome guests, gentlemen. We are super, super lucky with that. Uh, it's, it's going to be different, I guess, for episode number three. It's going to be Sheldon's takeover and we won't be having a guest, but I think it gives us a little more opportunity to, to talk amongst ourselves. And again, I have no idea what Sheldon is going to do. So, so we'll see. Uh, 
I got a quick follow-up question, though, because uh, Jack's been texting me. He said he can't wait to grind booty tape uh, in, in 2023. Is that the LSU wide receiver? or That was supposed to be private. Oh, I'm Patrick. sorry. I thought that was I, for the show. No, yeah. it was just between us. and Jack's had know. some slip-ups. That's embarrassing. <laughs> if you grind booty you, tape behind closed doors only. If all of you could only see the things that we text each other. All right, boys, <laughs> it is time. It is time. It is time to hear our own thoughts on the draft. Uh, I would like to hear from each of you something you thought went well, maybe a particular player that you're really excited about and something that you you were not so thrilled about. Something that maybe you thought went awry, maybe a player you don't really like, or something along those lines. So a positive and a negative from this draft. Let's go Logan, Jack, Brendan, Patrick, and I will finish it up. All right. I think uh, the one thing that I'm going to say that Ryan Poles did well, which is going to sound weird because it's something that made a lot of people angry, was the drafting of Jaquan Brisker. And I just want to talk about why I kind of think that for a second. So what I started to think was like, a big thing as a GM, you're coming into a crap situation. You have a mess to clean up. Who knows what polls should have done this year? Maybe what he did was great. Maybe what he did did not do was bad. I don't know. But with Brisker, what you want to do is you want to maximize the value of people who are on the largest, most expensive contracts on your team. I'd imagine if he came in, he looked at Eddie Jackson and he went, okay, this guy was great in 2018. How can I maximize his value considering we are spending so much money on this guy to be what it basically equates as like a zero the past two years. So you draft a guy like Jaquan Brisker, who supposedly is this safety who can play in the box, can is stout against the run, which is is cool for a safety and can do all these different things. But the biggest thing is it sounds like he's this big physical player that could potentially be there for the Bears defense. Does that sound like Eddie Jackson? Was Eddie Jackson a guy that liked to tackle? Um, or maybe he likes to tackle, but he's not good at it. No. Yes, there you go. Thank you for answering that question. So you bring in a compliment like Jaquan Brisker, who on paper, I think that his abilities kind of match well with what Eddie Jackson does. So I think by bringing him in, I bet you polls is going, we can allow Eddie Jackson to do what he does best, which is kind of be a ball hawk while we can have Brisker kind of take care of the dirty work. And on top of all that, it sounds like Jaquan Brisker is an awesome high character leader, which maybe that means nothing at this point, who knows? But I think one thing he did well was he in the face of probably knowing that everybody on bears, Twitter, every bears fan was going to get mad at that pick. He stuck to it and he did what he wanted to do, what he believed in. I, I think that that's a good thing. So um, as far as just being bad, I, I don't know. It's really hard to say exactly what uh, what he did bad, just because I don't necessarily know everything about all these players. And I'll just say the blanket of, of taking, you know, one wide receiver and it being a guy who people are very much up in the air on. You had a lot of draft analysts who are very good, who weren't that high on him. So I'll, uh, I'll do the cop out and say the bad as, as Vilas Jones, but who knows, who knows what that's going to end up being. That could be, uh, we could be eating our words very soon. I think you make such a great point about maximizing the potential of another player. And I hadn't thought about that, honestly, it makes that pick in my opinion, look even better. It's a really excellent point. I think, if I'll go, I'll go bad and then okay and then great. So I, 
I just hate to use a pick on a punter, Trenton Gill out of NC State, round seven, 255 overall. I think we did the right thing with Pat O'Donnell to get rid of that salary. We've already got a punter on the roster. I'm not, we're not sure if he's any good. I get that you need another one. I just, I think if you're going to get a kicker in the draft, he better kick. And that's just my personal opinion. I'm not going to spend any more time on the punter. I think it could have possibly been a reach to get in, you know, Jones in the, in that third pick. I watched him on film. I love him. He is so fast and so physical. He goes over the middle. He's got soft hands. I understand there's this like sexy Debo Samuels type thing going on right now. I'm not falling prey to that. I'm going to say there's a lot of upside there. I wasn't jacked about it. I think maybe he was in a position where if he didn't take a good wide receiver there, he might not have had one on the board that he liked going forward. So he might have gotten himself into a little bit of a pickle just with that one pick. Just my, you know, again, that's a lot of conjecture. Overall, love the draft. Thought it was measured. Thought it was calculated. Thought it was smart. Thought he covered a lot of the areas of need. People were banging the table over wide receiver. Not me. I want to make sure that when we get that blue chip elite wide receiver, that X receiver who is a game changer, we're absolutely 100% sure that it's the guy. And if Pickens wasn't that guy, then you pass him up and you fill the safety position and you fill the corner position and you fill it with starters right out of the gate. So I, I even though I didn't even expect that, I really did expect him to trade back um, you know, in the second round and, and he didn't. And at first I was like, what's going on? But I feel in the end that that was a good call. And I like the fact that they've got a bunch of offensive linemen in the room. I understand that it's a long shot that they will actually make it or not. I think the thing that he can do since he's been so conservative with the roster and the free agent signings is if we do want to go spend some money on a vet offensive lineman or if we want to spend some money on a vet wide receiver, we do have the option to do that now. It's 2023. I think he did a great job with the shit burger he was handed. He was in a very tough situation. I, I Time will tell, but I can't imagine it going much better. You didn't ask for a grade. I give him a B. So my, I'll start with my good real quickly. There's just two quick things. Uh, I, I really like the Kyler Gordon pick, and I really like it a lot more. Kind of learning more about him, uh, knowing that he was uh, a dancer when he was young, and just how much he's had to like work with his legs and have that fluid hip movement and everything. Ryan Poles talked about that specifically. Playing defensive back and cornerback specifically, like you really need to be good with your hips. Those quick hip turns, that reaction time. All of that. I, I think that's really going to serve Gordon well in the NFL. He wasn't very penalized. I think Jacob said it was kind of like a safe pick, and but it was a safe, like really solid pick. And the Bears have done pretty well in the second round with cornerbacks. You think Jalen Johnson already is looking like a pretty pretty good stud right there. And then a guy named Charles Tillman, He's he was okay for a couple years maybe. But hopefully that, uh, that luck continues, and I like that he took his best player on the board. Um, I'm also, we talked a little bit about it. I'm also thrilled that they were able to trade down going from six picks to 11. That's crazy. And you talk about like those in all those interior linemen, you're lucky if your fifth round pick or sixth round pick becomes a starter. But when you have like four of them, I mean, your odds definitely increase and that's definitely needed. It's the most draft picks the bears have had since 2008. Um, definitely, definitely needed for a team with a ton of holes to fill. For my bad slash things I probably 
question a little bit. Um, I, I'm not necessarily questioning the Bayless Jones pick specifically, but I would have liked to see just one more receiver taken. That's all I'm saying with one of those later round picks. I think there were a couple guys there, uh, specifically um, the guy from Boise State and Kelvin Austin from Notre Dame. And then I guess the thing I'm a little nervous about or just a little uneasy about is Brian Pulse did have a, a type. He took a lot of athletic, speedy, and raw guys. And you're putting a lot of pressure on your coaching staff now. And maybe these were coaching staffs like picks, but you're talking about Bayless Jones Jr., Braxton Jones, Zachary Thomas. A lot of these guys, uh, Dominique Robinson, the defensive end who was a wide receiver, like these guys are athletes, but they also still need to be refined. And that's on the coaching staff really to get them there. And if there's going to be coaching staff turnovers, then what are you going to do? Um, not that that's going to happen like anytime soon, but it, it's just one of those things like, okay, you're really, you're really putting a lot of pressure on them. And maybe that's uh, the Eberflus uh, influence. I almost said Eberfluence, but that's dumb. <laughs> oh man, maybe, maybe I'll make it a thing. Who knows? But uh, just, uh, just a little, you know, questioning that a little bit, but other than that, you can't, you can't go wrong with more picks and this team needed it. And let me just say, uh, Ryan Poles, this draft is not going to make or break his tenure. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Brandon, that was a great point. And even during the press conference, you know, I think both Poles and, and the Eberflus talked about how much uh, they value their coaching staff's ability to be teachers that they brought in uh, teachers uh, into the coaching staff. And I, I thought that was really profound, right? Because we criticized Nagy and his staff's inability to develop anybody. I mean, whether it was like what wide receiver developed under his tenure, quarterback didn't develop, uh, very few players improved um, dramatically under his, his watch. And so I thought it was very telling that they emphasized their coaching staff's ability to teach. And so uh, I think they do have a lot of confidence, but you're right. They're going to have to capitalize on that because a lot of their picks uh, were, you know, very, um, maybe unpolished players at this point in their career. Um, I guess for me, uh, just to kind of hit some of the high notes that others hit to me, the, the theme of this draft and a positive for me was the fact that Ryan Poles stayed disciplined and uh, stayed true to his plan that he's been telling us he was going to follow uh, since he came on board and to hear him articulate uh sticking to his board despite the fact that he knew it was going to be uh, he was going to get criticism the, despite the fact that he knew there were maybe other more pressing needs on the offensive side was refreshing right because like he said if i didn't pick those two guys who he thought were the best available to him at the time he would have been doing this organization a disservice and i agree this year is more or, or, or this draft is more about uh the future than just this year uh, we have more time than just 2022. I think people need to step back and realize like the season or the NFL doesn't end after this year. The bears will have more chances with Justin Fields after 22, uh, 2022. And so to see him stay disciplined, to see him take the guys that he thought were going to contribute, uh, and help this team the most, um, and were the best players was refreshing to me. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I would say the one negative, and it circles back to some of the points you guys made about maybe getting another receiver. 
I would have liked to have seen him trade Robert Quinn, uh, maybe to grab another third round pick to grab that wide receiver. Cause I agree. I, I would have liked to have seen another uh, wide receiver in, in the, the second or third round, maybe another, another one of the more highly ranked wide receivers. Um, and, and I think maybe if he could have gotten a mid round pick for Robert Quinn, that could have been an opportunity for him. So maybe an opportunity lost, who knows if he had chan- a chance to trade him and, and what he could have got for him. But uh, total speculation on my part, but that would be my one negative is, you know, maybe he could have flipped a pick, uh, flip Robert Quinn for a pick and gotten another, uh, top end receiver. But overall I was thrilled with the draft. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out, uh, I think it was, I think it was the other day, like not sticking to your board and reaching for players. And this is not a shot at commit and dangle. I know you're going to get mad, but that's how we got, Cole Komet over Antoine Winfield. And again, it's not a shot at Komet, but like Winfield's a stud. And at the time they needed a tight end. And that was probably a bit of a reach to go um, tight end uh, and go Komet over Winfield. But, you know, you take the best player available, you stick to your board, you do all that research for a reason. Don't get caught up in the moment and the hysteria and, and jump to a position of need because um, it's the easy thing to do. It would have been the easy decision to make. And, and he didn't, he stuck to his guns and, uh, I can appreciate that. All right. So I, I am clearly the, the most negative. Everybody, everybody in here already knows it. Um, so I do, I want to make sure that I, that I give credit where credit is due. Getting 11 picks is incredible. Uh, the, the more picks you have, the more opportunities you have to get it right. Uh, I, I agree with you guys. He didn't reach. He got a lot of guys that are athletes with a lot of upside, potential upside. Um, the, the issue that I have with Jaquan Brisker is, is you guys already know this. He's probably a stud. He's probably going to be a very, very good football player, but he can't play right guard. And Justin Fields development is paramount. And, and, and Shells, and I think in this, you and I agree more than we disagree is that I, I, I'm not necessarily, I, I'm not thinking about the win now mentality. I'm thinking about development of Justin Fields. And I don't think they did enough early enough to get the guys that are going to help with his development. Valus Jones might be a good receiver at some point, but he needs to develop. And then you don't take an offensive lineman until the fifth round. That's a hard sell for me. Uh, you know, I understand so much in, the, in what you guys are saying about staying disciplined in the long term. That makes a lot of sense to me. You guys are really smart. I, I, that I love talking bears with you guys, but if we're going to develop Justin Fields, which the Chicago bears have never had a good quarterback. I mean, really, and we're talking about Sid Luckman. That's the last time that all of us can agree that, that the guy was, was a world beater and, and to have the guy that we hope is him, but not surrounding him with talent. I, I mean, it just, Thinking about his rookie year, he had one of the worst coaches imaginable in in that position. The the guy that wasn't mentoring him, that was teaching him bad stuff, uh, putting him in bad positions, not maximizing the talent. And now we're saying, well, hold on. We need to worry about our defense now and not worry about the development of our young quarterback. I don't agree with that. Um, I, you know, I, again, I think there's a lot of things to like here. But a, a 25-year-old developmental wide receiver is the only weapon that you picked up on offense. Yeah, that, that's a that's a hard that's a hard sell for me, gentlemen. I think your point is valid about the offensive line. One of the things that we talked about on the Irish Bears show is I wonder if the fact that they waited on offensive line tells us a little bit something about how they have evaluated Borum and Jenkins. And maybe they think they have three or four potential 
guys in house that are on the offensive line. And again, I do think very like the the chances of, of you know of uh, Dozier starting on the right guard is very. This is not going to happen. I don't think so. We're looking at probably a, a sign. I would think of some sort of a sign. I don't disagree with you. I, I talked about how there was instances when I coached where I had dynamic players at receiver and running back and we couldn't even throw the ball to them because by the time my quarterback dropped back the defensive linemen were in his kitchen and that was so frustrating the only other thing i'll say then i want to hear what brendan and the rest of you have to say is i do think scheme will matter i do think having an actual scheme with some discipline from the top down is it's not a major quotient in this whole story but i think our offense starts better out of the gate i think in terms of fields skills i think his fumbles interceptions will go down i know that's a big concern of yours i do think there's a certain level of plus side to the fact that we i think i hope have some people in the building who know what the f they are doing when it comes to rhythm and rhyme and scheme for an offense but I, yeah i guess i was a little surprised they didn't go offensive line earlier they must not have saw folks that they had targeted there just, just real quick before I'll, I'll let Brandon go, but I went back and just looked at pass drafts because four offensive linemen, and again, I realized it was fifth, sixth, seventh round, so it's like you're not spending the most important capital on it, but since 1999, the Bears have only drafted three offensive linemen or more in a draft one time. So, and and in 1989 was the last time that the Bears drafted four offensive linemen, and that's when they had 20 picks, which I realize that's not going to happen very often. But regardless of the value of the investment, I know it's not a high investment. Again, it's it was still rare to see the Bears draft that many from one position group specifically and kind of buck a trend. So just a small defensive polls again, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah, I know. But like, again, like what Jacob Infante was talking about, the chances of one of those guys turning into maybe a guy who you can have for be dependable for a five-year period just goes up. So. Well, it's crazy in 89 too. They had 12 rounds. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's even, even crazy that they'd spend so many often spend so much capital on offensive linemen this year, which again, I think is needed, but all I was going to counter with Ryan was, uh, I think when you talk about picking Jaquan Brisker and being upset about that, because there's other needs on the veil on the board, um, Shell's just said it, would you rather have Cole Komet, a tight end that you needed and you know, you needed, but it was kind of a position of lower value or somebody like Antoine Winfield or even Jeremy chin. I mean, both guys were available in the second round and this was, and I think hearing polls talk about it in his, in his presser uh, shells alluded to it, but he said like, you know, they could not let him slide. Like that was easily the best player on their best player available on their board. Sounded like it was a huge surprise to them and they might have wanted to go like a need and maybe reach for somebody else, but you can't let talent like that slip off the board. So, I mean, and safety in the defense, the uh, secondary is still a major issue. I mean, God, remember last year when guys were just running free, we had one dependable guy back there basically. And two, sometimes when Eddie Jackson would show up. And uh, so that's all, you know, that's what I'm going to counter with. Like you want those playmakers. And uh, clearly it sounds like Jaquan Brisker, he even said, he's like, I'm the steal of the draft and I'm excited to see him play. 
a lot of guys said that they were the steal of the draft that I, I saw. That no, tweet. I believe it from him. Damn it. <laughs> I, I saw that tweeted probably about a hundred times from so many different players. Again, I think he's probably going to be a very good safety. Yet again, we have an organization that values defense over offense. And here's the thing about the offensive lineman that we have that I'm reading, you know, and, and I could be wrong about this, but as I'm reading about all these guys, need to develop as a pass blocker, need to develop as a pass blocker, need to develop as a pass blocker, really good run blocking, right? And so what are we going to have again in Chicago? We're going to have really good defense and run the football, which, you know what? Sure. You know what? There, there is something for that. If that equates to winning football, then I'm going to shut up and you guys are going to, you're going to hear me say it a lot. I was wrong. I was wrong. I don't want to watch that anymore. Gentlemen, maybe, maybe this is like the, the, the stupid fan in me, but I want to watch a 21st century offense. I want to watch some passes thrown, right. To have like a 300 yard passer on a regular basis. I don't want to, to watch this, this old school stuff. Like I'm, I'm done with the, uh, in 85, they ran the football and played perfect. Deep. No, I want a 21st century stadium. I want a 21st century offense and I'm sick and tired of, of offense playing a, a, a backward role in this organization. I come back to this guys. You know, I said Eberflus is the wrong guy because not because Matt Eberflus, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. He might be a very nice guy. He said all the right things in the, in the press conference, Matt Maggie said all the right things in the press conference. Right. And so I, I just think this organization has continually done the wrong thing over and over and over again. And I'm just, I'm really, really sick of it. And you know what? I, I'm not a, I'm not the smart guy that those guys are, and they probably know football players. Jaquan Brisker is probably going to be a stud at safety, and I'm probably going to have a fun time watching him. But I, but if they if they score ten to thirteen points on average again next season, I'm I'm going to be insufferable to all of you guys, and I'm just going to be like, this is it, this is Poles' fault. And if if they score a bunch of points, then I'll shut up, and you guys can rag on me as much as you want, and I'll buy you a round of beers just because that's the type of guy that I am. Can I make a couple quick points off of that? And I think they all tie into each other. So bear with me for just a second. But even if they took an offensive lineman in the second or third round, the chances, I think, of him being a plug and play, set it and forget it type of guy where you could say, oh, I, Justin Fields is safe now. He's protected. Probably pretty slim. He still would have needed time to develop probably the whole year, maybe even longer. Uh, so, yeah, it would have been nice to have somebody to grow with Justin Fields in the offensive line. But I think we may be um, uh, putting too much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we're, we're we're thinking that they would have had a greater impact on Justin Fields development than they really would have. Perhaps he Brian Pohl said, you know what? I want these guys, these young guys to come in, be hungry, compete, develop there are still guys that are available out there. If you look at the free agents that are out there, whether it's wide receiver or offensive line, there's still guys he can go get. And maybe he thinks, look, um, I like these guys as developmental offensive line prospects for the future. But if I'm talking about protecting my franchise quarterback this year, I want to try to see if I can snag one of these more veteran offensive linemen as a stopgap to let these guys develop. Same with the wide receiver, right? So there are some quality guys available still, whether it's Flowers, whether it's Treader or as the receivers, you got Keelan Cole, you got Will Fuller, um, Jarvis Landry. So there's still guys that he can go out and and pluck uh, to fill in temporarily while these guys develop. And the last point I want to make about the defense, um, you know, Ryan, uh, excuse me, Matt Everflus preaches turnovers, right? And 
Do you remember 2018? One of the reasons Mitch Trubisky was so successful is how many short fields he had, how many times the defense got the ball and turned it over to the offense and gave them the ball right back. If Brisker can allow Eddie Jackson to have the year he had then, right? And they can they can be ball hawks like like Logan said, and they can turn the ball over and create more offensive opportunities for Justin Fields. That's going to benefit the offense. I get it. Not as much as maybe a stud wide receiver or a premier left tackle would have, but it's still going to have an ancillary benefit on the offense. And so, you know, that just goes back to this idea of polls building an entire team, an entire roster, an entire organization, so that when they do get all the pieces on offense and they are ready to compete, they don't have to go, well, crap, we kind of reached on some offensive guys or defensive guys. Now we got to go build the defense again. And it felt like that's what Ryan Pace did to some extent. He had kind of like a seesaw approach where he built up the defense. And then once the defense got really good, then he tried to build up the offense. And as he did, the defense got old uh, and, and they slipped. And it's like, oh, OK, well, now we got to you know realign things again and, and put them back into balance. I like that he's trying to build a whole roster um, and, and do it the right way. My guess is that he wants to have that type of offense just like we do. What I think, though, what I'm hoping is that he's playing the long game. Shells, you spoke to this. You have a sense of immediacy, and you're not alone, Ryan. A lot of people were in your in your um, shoes. My thought is that he didn't allow that sense of immediacy that we all have to to go and take some big swings that were misguided. And, and just really poor decisions. Again, you just said it, Shells, like we've seen in past years. Play the long game because the guys that we're looking for, I would imagine, maybe he didn't see after the first round of wide receivers and offensive linemen, the future guys that he's hoping for, that I'm hoping for, that we're all hoping for when it comes to the level of athlete. I wouldn't have wanted, imagine how pissed we would have been if we went pickings. And it was a big, hot mess of garbage the entire time. Either A, he didn't perform, or B, he was trouble the entire time. My thought is, and, I, and again, all this will pan itself out over the years, is it, they want to be right. When they go to offense and they start to get their skill people, they want it to be right. And this draft meshed with defense for them. And so perhaps down the road, it will mesh. Hopefully, it will mesh for offense for them. I, I, you guys are smart people. You're very smart people. And I, and you've made some excellent points, but I think what I also heard in all of what you guys were saying is, yeah, they don't have enough surrounding him right now uh, to keep him safe and to keep him developing in the right way. And so maybe, maybe they do bring in somebody in free agency and, and I will shut my mouth uh, as long as he's protected. But right now, you don't know who your right guard is. And that that's a scary prospect. And you have two second year tackles that's a, that's a scary prospect. So, you know what? I, I will happily eat my words, gentlemen, if I'm wrong, but in this one, I don't think that I am. All right. It has been a fantastic second episode, gentlemen. I love making a podcast with all of you guys. Um, and I am really anxious and excited about, uh, next week's episode, uh, looking to see what Papa Sheldon has in store for us, but gentlemen, it is time to get out of here. So let's give shout outs. Let's go. Sheldon, Shagru, Wright, and Bradley. I will finish it up. Shout outs for this week, boys. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, so I'll, I got three quick shout outs. They're just some guys that have been uh, either really supportive on Twitter, really positive about uh, this, the future of the Bears, which aligns with my philosophy. So I'm going to give them a plug. 
uh, always the best way to get in my good graces is agree with me. Uh, but, and then, and then um, I just appreciate some of the levity that they bring sometimes to Twitter because it can get uh, pretty nasty sometimes. So the three I want to shout out today, let's go bears. You can find him at let's go shy bears. Um, Elise uh, at AJ Davis, 22800. And then uh, J HUD, you can find him at J HUD, 732 uh, It's a lot of numbers. Hopefully, J HUD, I didn't give out your telephone number, but uh, go follow those three guys. They're, they're good follows. They're, they're fun people and uh, fun to interact with on Twitter. I got four quick ones. First one goes to a friend of the pod, friend of ours, uh, our guy Roy at 79 Ill Will. Uh, for those who don't know, Roy bought the 2020 Packers like playbook. I don't know how that happened or like the strategy. Somebody wrote a book on it and he's been like reading it and detailing kind of like what the plays are and how possibly Luke Getzey's offense is going to work. And I absolutely love it. Like that's going above and beyond. And I just think that's so cool. So he's obviously just an awesome follow in general, but I really like what he's doing there. Uh, shout out to one of our big supporters, Meredith at Murdy World 79, uh, just an awesome Chicago fan. And uh, she does great with supporting us. I mean, she's so she's so positive when it comes to like not only the Bears, but uh, the Hawks, the Bulls, all of that. So uh, shout out to Meredith. Um, obviously, I have to shout out uh, Alyssa Barbieri, uh, my boss editor at Bears Wire. I mean, God. We all wrote so much the past like four days. I think I've written like 15 to 20 articles. She's probably at 50 or 60, which she's just amazing at what she does. And uh, covering the draft is no joke. So uh, she definitely deserves a shout out and a ton of vacation days. Um, And then finally, somebody who um, has been a big supporter of mine, uh, Chicago John. Uh, just always retweets, likes uh, everything I everything I do. He's a fun, you know, a fun guy to follow, and uh, just really appreciate the support. So, uh, shout out to all those people. I will say, and I mean this not just because you're my friend and on the podcast, but I've been going to the Bears Wire more and more for information. I mean, when I'm looking for it, comes up, you know, when I go to my Google feed, your guys' stories will come up. And and I mean, in earnest, I'll tell you, I retweet them because I think there's great information, not just because I know you. So, I mean, obviously I'll do it because I know and love you, but been really impressed with what you guys have been writing. Guys, Jack, you used the L word. Oh my God, I didn't think we were there. <laughs> we are. I love you too. We are. We have such great moments. This is a vulnerable, vulnerable podcast that we've we mentioned before. When you spend that much time with people on the air, as you alluded to earlier, Ryan, you get to know them pretty well. So it's, you know, we've, we have supported and shouted out the guys at the Irish Bears show before. But uh, again, if you're just chatting and there's a, you're trying to fill time in between picks and such, I got to spend and get to know Tony Daly quite a bit. He's Tony underscore Daly. Great guy, super smart, has tons of insight about the game and does it in a very calculated and intelligent way. Kieran, he hosted um, both of the days that I I was on. He's a terrific host uh, and he's excellent at gearing the conversation. And we haven't done a ton of live. You know, when you do live, you fill time. And so filling time valued, like in a valuable way, I think is really, really important. And I I didn't know. Adam Cumber before I got on with these guys the other day, but he's really cool as well. Um, the dude, thirteen twenty one, 
So those are just uh, the, the three guys that spent the most time with, um, you know, my Irish friends across the pond. And so shout out to them. Really appreciated the time. Um, my shout out is going to go to Matt Forte, who announced a pick for the Bears in the second round, simply just because I like thinking of Matt Forte, because if you're out there and you are a Chicago Bears fan, you don't get to see a lot of offense, as Ryan Dangle was talking about a little bit ago. And Matt Forte is a guy who just I don't have to explain to everybody why he was fun to watch, caught the ball, ran the ball, was just what you want in a Chicago Bear. Good guy. Um, just really, really miss him, miss watching him play. So it was good to see that the Bears are, are still embracing uh, players like Matt Forte, as we know there has been some rocky interactions recently with, with alumni. So just, uh, just good to see him in the spotlight yet again. All right, I've got a few to give out. Uh, the first goes out to Scott Coral, uh, who used to be with the Irish Bears show, and now he is uh... – he, he, he's an anchor for the news. Like I just, I think it's an incredible thing. We, we were going back and forth, just talking about a few things. And so Scott, shout out to you. Uh, the guys at the roar of the lions. I mean it. They're just, they're awesome dudes. I wish they didn't cheer for the lions. Cause we could talk more uh, about stuff, but uh, to Anthony, Matthew and Steve, you guys do phenomenal work. Uh, shout out to all of you. Um, two friends that are not on Twitter, uh, Levi White and Nikhil Ghosh. Uh, they're two very good friends of mine and they've just been given some awesome feedback to the pod. Um, and I know that they listen and I just am so appreciative of both of those guys. Um, and we're high school teammates of mine, so that makes it even cooler. Um, and then the last one, and this is the most important one. My wife listened to the last episode and she, she knows a lot about football. Like I, she, she will say that she doesn't, but she does. She knows the ins and outs, the rules, all that stuff, but she's just not a huge fan. If that makes sense, she gets it, but she's just not her thing. Um, and she said, when you guys start talking about players names, I really tune out, but I paid close attention to the breakup stories at the end. And I want everyone to know that I am not that person that you were talking about in that story. So just so everyone is aware, my wife is not the person I was referring to. That was a breakup story. My wife and I are still together happily. I might she's add. She's not I, snot girl. No, no, she, no, she's she not is not girl. Okay. She is. She's not. She's not. She's not. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stole that from Brennan. So it, it's okay. Uh, but yes, to my oh, wonderful, God. amazing wife, which next week we will talk a little bit about this. It is mother's day, uh, as we're going to be recording. And so we will shout out, uh, special moms in our lives. Um, we are going to be looking forward to that one, but, uh, you know, last, last little thing, just going to make sure that I get this out here. My beautiful wife, Kate, I love you so very much. Uh, and you are not snot girl. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, we got a lot of things coming up here at the bear down Chicago podcast uh we are so thrilled with the response that we've gotten as we've started this thing off, you can help us out a lot by liking, subscribing, uh, retweeting, following us, right? Doing whatever you can to, to promote the pod uh, as best you possibly can. Share it with a friend. If, if, if we can send you all off with a homework assignment, it is to show this podcast to one of your friends who is a Bears fan that you think might find it to, to be fun. Uh, we would really, really, really appreciate it very much. We got a really nice uh couple of five-star reviews on Apple podcasts. And uh, we're just so thankful for that. It, it truly folks, it does not go unnoticed. We appreciate all of you so very much. We know you can get your bears content anywhere and you've chosen to get it with us. 
For Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, I'm Ryan Dingle. For all of us at the Bear Down Chicago Podcast, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, folks, Bear Down Chicago. Bear Down Chicago.